This is a podcast from Rover. Let's look at the latest global dairy trade event. Not a great one. Price is down 3.6% overnight. The price of whole milk powder down 4.4%. In fact, it looks like uh, everything recorded a decline in the latest event. Let's go to our analyst from NZX, Stu Davison. G'day, Stu. How are you? Good, mate. Thanks for having me back on. Always a pleasure, my friend. Not a great one, although I did read in your analysis that um, all indicators were suggesting uh, a continuation of a, of a downward trend for this auction. 3.6%. Uh, you don't think all in all it was that bad? No, I was actually expecting to wake up to worse, to be honest. Uh, you know, sort of headline news articles before this one and sort of Fonterra signals prior to the auction were pretty gloomy, to be honest. Uh, you know, China and their lockdowns, uh, Russia and Ukraine, that's that old story, and uh, Sri Lanka with a few economic problems, um, really pulling demand from you know, most key markets apart. But you know, we, we were potentially looking at like maybe a 5 or a 6% slide, but 3.6 is pretty good considering where the market is currently. Okay, well, that's interesting. Uh, the whole milk powder, though, what's the story behind that, a 4.4% drop? Yeah, it's actually, 4.4 is actually better than what's inside the box, to be honest. Uh, Home Powder Regular, which actually informs the milk price, lit about 7% for the first two contracts. So that's a pretty serious slide on prices. And, yeah. Uh, we'll have a pretty hearty impact on milk price forecast going forward. Fortunately, it won't affect the current milk price too much, but the coming one's a, a serious one. Instant Home Powder, you know, we've currently got a uh, uh, restricted, vo- restricted volume on instant Home Powder on the platform from Frontier due to few COVID issues in factories and whatnot. And so the, whole, the instant normal powder price shot up um, another four or five percent across contracts and up to seven thousand dollars a ton, which is impressive. But yeah, that regular price just fell apart again. Yeah, which is interesting, and and, and also skim milk powder. There's an interesting um, sort of backstory behind how that's performing at the moment. Yeah, well, it, it just fell apart. It's, um, well, it's, usually it should be you know well we kind of expected it to be still in demand and, and pretty heavily traded and, and chased after, but we didn't see that so. It was quite surprising, but we're not surprised considering uh, Southeast Asia stepped away quite significantly following their large bomb at the last round, and, and sort of China was there and, and took the most, but they weren't, weren't as, as strong or chasing it in the, in the bidding round. So to see that supply-demand ratio in the bidding round that light, you know, really tells the story that they were there for what they wanted, but they weren't willing to chase it any higher. Yeah, okay. So that's um, in terms of uh, China. What other, uh, I guess, countries and buyers were featured in this particular auction? Yeah, interestingly enough, uh, South and Central America, those buyers turned up and um, really took a a fair chunk of things they don't normally take. So they were the the outlier of this one, uh, made the most of a fire sale with a lot of things, and took some good, um, you know, good lots of cheddar and, and, and butter and skim, which they don't normally take. Um, so that's impressive and probably helps keep things uh, you know, better than they were. And then um, the Middle East turned up for a field of milk fats too, which is good. And, and they, they're regular buyers of milk fats, but to see them come to GDP and take good chunks is, is quite um, you know, quite cool to, to, to kindle the, the likelihood of demand staying steady in the longer term. So, Stu, when we look at the uh, overall event, down but not out is how I think you uh, have summed it up. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm taking at this moment. You know, we, we know we're in a pretty turbulent time, it's, um, you know, and, and the market's shifted very quickly in the space of the month of April. Um, you know, the COVID lockdowns in China are one of the key to the um, Kimball, you know, fire starters for that situation. And they're not sure, you know, they're not going to be around forever as much as China's probably going to try. Um, I think longer term we'll, we'll see milk prices sort of supported and, um, you know, overall demand's still there in the market. People still want dairy. There's not enough milk being produced in the world as it is currently. So longer term positive, 
short term we just need to sort of get through these speed bumps as, as you know we can't define the speed we go through them but we just need to weather them and when we look at uh, forecasts for the New Zealand farm gate milk price, uh, you know, for the coming season, this one's pretty much uh, sorted for the coming season. Uh, that will, uh, I guess, it'll start to have a negative impact because if I have a look through uh, the last, what, red drops in the last three events after five increases. So I guess you could say it's sort of a, a micro trend developing at the moment. Yeah, definitely. Definitely a micro trend. Definitely put pressure on next season's milk price forecast. And we were. Um, quite, we were closing there for a while that we were going to get over $10 and uh, one of my forecasts went as far as $10.45 which is uh, now all dust in the rearview mirror to be honest so yeah. um, I think we're, we're looking at well under 10, well, under $10 at, at this point in time if things stay sort of where they are now um, but that future for next year and the price future for next season straight at about $9.79 I think I saw on the on the market before and that'll probably trade a bit lower today after this, this event but we're still looking at north of nine of sort of values where they are now. So it's still positive, but not sort of what we were expecting a few weeks ago. Hey, speaking of rearview mirrors, do you like that? Um, the, <laughs> I always try and find a little segue into into the F1, you know, and uh, Leclerc's got everyone in his uh, rearview mirror at the moment. Your man uh, Verstappen failed to finish again. That's two out of three, Stu. I almost texted you. <laughs> oh, you, you should have. You would have got an angry response. I'll tell you, that red bull's fast, but it doesn't finish. It's, it's, oh, it's rough, isn't it? I couldn't believe it when he you know, pulled over and engine filled a bit. And I thought, oh, mate, what's going on? It's, it's pretty gut-wrenching. But let's be honest, that Ferrari's just something else this season, isn't it? That's incredible to watch. But it's, it's hilarious because they put all this money into making the fastest car and they get no TV time because it's so far ahead of the road. Yeah, so, it's very it's, true. It's yeah. It is. It's good to see because I love the McLarens and uh, a five-six for Norris and Ricardo is pretty uh, pretty good. They're, they're they're going well. They're going so well. It's awesome to see them. You know, like that the whole time around the race and, and putting some good pace down too and qualifying too. So they're, they're getting better, making leaps and bounds, and that, uh, I just want to see them ahead of that Mercedes. And Mercedes Pierre's good, but I'd rather have two Yeah, well, I agree with that, actually. That's, yeah, 100%. And uh, we go to uh, Italy this, this weekend. That's right, yeah, that should be exciting, too. I think, you know, it's always a good race in Italy. And, I mean, this one in Monza is hard to beat, isn't it? Oh, it's, uh, yeah, absolutely. It's uh, steeped in tradition and all that sort of stuff. So, um, yeah, looking forward to it. Stu Davison, as always, a pleasure. Thanks for talking GDT and uh, F1 with us. We'll talk again in a couple of weeks. No problem, mate. Cheers for the time.